Well, good evening. I'm glad you could be with us in this hour. This is our Wednesday night prayer meeting time, and normally during this time we we uh, take prayer requests and things like that. But since we do not have that, I always give a list out. And, but due to the fact that we're live streaming and we're recording this, I'm not going to give names, and I'm not going to do that. But uh, we are just going to uh, share tonight and share some names and, uh, well, not names, but share some things and and uh, give you some uh, um uh, people to pray for tonight, uh, you know, without giving names out. We're going to do that. But tonight is our prayer meeting night, but we appreciate you coming with us tonight and being here. And in this hour, again, coming to you from my home, <clears throat> excuse me, actually my kitchen and a kitchen at our house and, and, um, and doing that because of the current situation. Let me just say one thing before I get into the prayer meeting time that we will be doing this again Sunday. You said, wait a minute, bro, Scott, Sunday is Easter. Yes, it is. Well, I'm going to celebrate Easter right here. And again, the reason we're doing this is the protection of our people. Somebody may say, Brother Scott, wait a minute. Don't you have faith in the Lord? Yes, I do. But I'm going to explain that tonight in the message. And so I'll share some things with you in a little bit. But we are going to do this until this uh, till the till this passes. And uh, so just be in prayer and pray that God will bless us and and let us see God do some great things through this. Now, tonight is prayer meeting night, and we do have a lot of folks we ought to pray for tonight. And, and um, I know that in Nashville tonight, there are families going through some loss. I know we have a church family going through loss, and so I wish you'd pray for them especially. I wish you'd pray for one who's in the hospital that I know of tonight. Now, there are several in the hospital, uh, many because of the COVID situation, but I know of one particular. I wish you'd pray for them. Also tonight, uh, I got some bad news today that a missionary friend has been diagnosed with ALS. And if you don't know what ALS is, that's Lou Gehrig's disease. So let me encourage you to um, pray for them, if you would, please, tonight. Also, many in our church family are sick. We have many that have different things. We actually have some folks that haven't been able to get out uh, to church in a while. So I wish you'd pray for them and pray that God would bless them. Also tonight, some folks in our church have relatives who are sick, who have friends who are sick, and so be in prayer for them. And I know I got a note uh, yesterday about some people that are sick that are friends of some folks in our church, and so lift them up in prayer. Also pray that uh, the Lord would stop this virus, and uh, this virus is wreaking havoc around the country. And I want you to pray that the Lord would do a miracle this week and stop this virus in its tracks. Just stop it. And let's pray for that. Also pray for the tornado victims and uh, pray that God will bless them. Also tonight, pray for those affected other ways. I read an article today, <clears throat> an article today about how even after this is done, there will be some people that face what they call stressors even after this is done. So pray for people that this is affecting in other ways, you know, and and that, that particular article caught my attention because it dealt with church. And so um, be in prayer about that. Also pray for cures tonight. Pray for a cure for the virus. Pray for a cure for cancer. Pray for a cure for dementia. Pray for a cure for Parkinson's. Pray for a cure for ALS and all these other diseases. And I, I want you tonight. I know everybody's trying to come up with a cure for the coronavirus, but I want you to pray that the Lord will give us somebody with a cure to all these other diseases. I want you to pray for that if you would. Also pray for our missionaries tonight. And uh, pray for the missionaries that we help support that are on the foreign field. 
I know this has got to be affecting some missionaries that get their funds from churches and a lot of churches haven't been able to take offerings. And so uh, pray for the missionaries that the Lord will take care of them and also the places in the field where maybe they've had to be locked down too because of this virus and things. But pray for them and pray that the Lord would take care of them and watch over them and, and bless and, and uh, pray that the Lord just work there. Pray for laborers in our church when we open back up. Let's pray that the Lord will bring laborers out. Pray for revival in our church and in America. Pray for revival in our church and our city in America tonight and then in the world. And by revival, I'm not talking about just services. I'm talking about a real God-sent revival, like the Welsh revival of 1904 and 1905. If you've never read anything about it, go read how God affected that area. And so let me encourage you to pray for revival like that. Also pray for our leaders, our city leaders, our state leaders, our, our national leaders. Let's pray that God will allow them to work together and that all this sniping would go away. Pray for that. Also pray for our military tonight. Pray for them. Keep them safe. Pray for our country tonight. Pray for those that have job situations. Many people are affected because of that. Also tonight, I was reminded recently to pray for the nation of Israel. Pray for them. I don't know about you, but I want God to bless me, and I want God to bless our church. So we need to pray for Israel. You know, he said in Genesis 12, 3, I will bless them that bless thee and curse them that curse thee. So pray for them. And also pray for our sister churches, churches around the area, churches around the country. Um, you know, some churches may not be strong financially and uh, may not be able to weather this. I've, I've heard of two, I think, that have already asked other churches to take them under their wing. And so pray for them, pray that God would intervene. And, and maybe this is a time where churches can get together and maybe some merging goes on and things like that. So be in prayer about that and pray that God would just bless and do a work in, in this time. I know it's a bad time, but I still believe that God is on the throne and God is in control and God can even take a bad situation and make it good and bring miracles out of it. I believe that with all my heart. So tonight let's pray and then we'll get into the word of God tonight and hopefully give you something that'll be a blessing to you. Father, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for your goodness. Father, I pray that tonight the Holy Spirit would just work. Father, so many people affected tonight by different things. Father, there are those affected by the virus. I pray for complete healing for them. I pray the Holy Ghost of God would go right now and touch them and heal their bodies. Father, I pray you'd stop this virus in its tracks. Father, others that are going through things. I heard of some in our church family that are going through things. And Father, I just pray that you'd bless them and be with them tonight and help them. Help those that are suffering loss tonight. I pray that you just reach down and let them know you love them and care about them and let them feel your, your love and compassion on them tonight. And Father, I pray the Holy Spirit would just work and give us cures for all these diseases. And Father, there's so many ugly things in the world tonight and help us to realize our hope is in you. Father, I pray you bless the leaders of our country tonight and work there. Father, I pray you bring revival to our country tonight and work there. Bring revival. Bless the nation of Israel tonight. Bless our missionaries. Bless all those that need help. Bless the churches in our city and around the world that preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, I just pray that you'd hinder the shysters out there tonight. There are people that try to take advantage of people during this time. There are false religious systems. Father, I just pray you'd hinder them all. But Father, I pray that you'd just pour out your blessings upon each one tonight. And Father, those that listen to this message, 
I pray you give them a special blessing tonight. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen and amen. Tonight, what I want to do tonight is I want you to turn to Acts 23 in your Bible, if you would, if you have it. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 23, and I want you to look there with me tonight. And I'm going to do something just a little bit different tonight. Of course, I'm never known that I'm going to do the same thing over and over again. You never know what I might throw at you and the way I might put it out there. And uh, But what I want to do tonight is I want to go to Acts 23. And if you've got your Bible, open it. If you don't, you have an iPad. You can follow along there or a smartphone or something you can uh, you can follow or, or whatever. But Acts chapter 23 tonight. And uh, I, I want to pull an episode from the life of Paul, the apostle. Boy, Paul lived an exciting life, did he not? Boy, he lived a... Uh, there, you, you could just, I mean, good night. You talked about a made-for-TV movie. Uh, Paul's life was unusual. It was unreal. I mean, Paul was involved in so many things. One of the greatest servants of Christ who ever lived. And uh, But we're going to pick up reading in a moment. But I want to give you a little bit of background where we're going to pick up. I'm actually going to pick up down in verse 10 in a moment, but I'm going to pick up there in verse 10. But I want to give you a little bit of background, if I can, a little bit of background. And uh, where we're going to pick up, Paul is being held by the Roman authorities. Now, you say, what do you mean by that? He's being held by the Roman authorities in Jerusalem. Uh, Roman soldiers are actually holding him prisoner, if you all look at it that way. He's actually being held by Roman soldiers. Now, the, the reason they're holding him, this is kind of interesting. The reason they're holding him is his own protection. Think about that for a minute. The Roman authorities are protecting the apostle Paul. They're protecting him. And that's why they are holding him. That's why he is, you might say, under house arrest. And they've got soldiers around him protecting him. Now, we don't have time to go back. But if you go back to chapter 21 and read up to chapter 23, where we're at, you will see actually that the Roman authorities protected him over and over. And in fact, we can use a word. Uh, we can use the word rescued. We can see that two or three times the Roman soldiers protected or rescued the Apostle Paul two or three times. Now, so now where we come, he is in protective custody. So look down in verse 10 of Acts chapter 23, and notice what it says. Verse 10 of Acts chapter 23, and it says, And when there arose a great dissension, the chief captain, or the commander, uh, fearing lest Paul should have been pulled in pieces of them, commanded the soldiers to go down and to take him by force from among them and bring him into the castle. Now, what's going on here is that here is one of the times that Paul was rescued. Paul's in the middle of a crowd, and they are yanking on him. I mean, one crowd is for him, one crowd is against him. And so I think what's going on here, the Roman commander is afraid Paul is going to be yanked and hurt. So he sends his soldiers in and forcibly removes Paul. Now, you say, what do you mean forcibly removes Paul? Well, I think they went in, and, and you know how today our police are supposed to be, you know, very, you know, work, you know, work and make sure you talk things out and get things out. Roman soldiers didn't do it that way. They probably went in and just said, boom, get out of the way. You know, that's what they did. They just probably pushed people out of the way, knocked people down, you know, pulled the swords out, said, move or die, you know, something like that. But they rescued Paul. They rescued him. Now, once you look at verse, so he's rescued now. And now he is in Roman custody. He is in protective custody for his own protection. Wow. Isn't that amazing? We're going to come back to that in a minute. But look at verse 11 now. Verse 11, and the night following. So the night after he's rescued, look what happened. The Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul, for as thou hast testified of me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. 
Now here, what we see is encouragement from the Lord. Encouragement from the Lord. I, one of the things I wrote down here, I wonder if the Lord was giving him a pep talk. Now, I don't know about you, but once in a while, I get down and I need a pep talk. Did y'all ever do that? Y'all ever get to that place where you need somebody to come along and kind of cheer you up, give you a pep talk? I wonder if right here the Lord is giving him a pep talk. I wrote yes or no. I don't know, but it seems like that's what's going on. But also, not only does it look like the Lord is kind of trying to encourage him, what we also hear is the Lord is confirming his will for him. And what was God's will? He would go to Rome and be a witness for Christ there. He would go to Rome and be a witness for Christ there. We see that in the last part of verse 11. Look at verse 12 and 13 now. And when it was day, certain of the Jews banded together and bound themselves under a curse, saying that they would neither eat nor drink till they had killed Paul. And there were more than 40 which had made this conspiracy. Now what you see in verses 12 and 13 is a plot has come up to kill the apostle Paul. A plot. More than 40 people got together. And they said, we are going to bind ourselves together. We are going to get together and we're going to make this oath that we are going to see that the Apostle Paul is killed. One of us is going to kill Paul. Think about that. More than 40 people against the Apostle Paul are going to kill him. Look at verses 14 and 15. And they came to the chief priests and elders and said, we have bound ourselves under a great curse that we will eat nothing until we have slain Paul. Therefore, did you see that? They were not going to eat anything until they had killed Paul. They had bound themselves and said, hey, until Paul is dead, we're not eating anything. You know, the best part about that, I wonder how long it was before they ate since God spared him here, as you're going to see in a minute. I wonder how long. Look at verse 15 now. Now, therefore, ye with the council uh, signified to the chief captain that he bring him down unto you tomorrow as though you would inquire something more perfectly concerning him. And we or ever he come near are ready to kill him. Now, what happens here? So they've made a plot in verses 12 and 13. You come to verses 14 and 15, the plot expands, and they include more people. And they include the Jewish religious leaders of that day and age, the Jewish religious leaders. But look what happens in verse 16. As always, something happens. Look at verse 16. And when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he went and entered into the castle and told Paul. Now, what happened? There was a leak of information. Somehow, somebody, somewhere leaked it, and Paul's sister's son or his nephew heard it. Now, somehow we, he heard it. Now, we don't know how. We're not told how, but somehow he heard it. Now, somebody said, well, how old was this young man? Well, I believe he was younger. You say, what do you mean? I, I kind of get the idea he was a youth, maybe 12 years old and down, somewhere around there. You, you say, can you prove that? Well, no, but when you get to verse 19, you'll see something that says that. But yeah, that's not the point. The point is, he heard it. Look what happened. He goes and tells Paul. Look at verse 17. Then Paul called one of the centurions unto him and said, bring this young man unto the chief captain, for he hath a certain thing to tell him. Now, Paul, after he hears what, about this, about this plot to kill him, he calls the centurion over, one of the one of the leaders of the Roman garrison there. He calls him over and he says, hey, I need you to take this young man, this boy, to the chief captain. Now, who's the chief captain? The chief captain is the commander, more than likely, that saved Paul's life. All the way through here, you hear the chief captain, chief captain. Chief captain here, if you look it up in Greek, has the idea 
of one who is the commander over a thousand soldiers. So he has a thousand soldiers under him. And more than likely, if, if I understand the Roman legions right, if he had a thousand soldiers, he probably had 10 centurions over him, one over each hundred soldiers, you know. But he was the chief captain, the commander. So he sent to the commander. Look at verse 18. So he took him and brought him to the chief captain and said, Paul the prisoner called me unto him and prayed me to bring this young man unto thee who hath something to say to thee. So the the uh, the uh, um, the uh, officer, the centurion, took the young man over to the chief captain, to the commander. Look at verse 19 now. Then the chief captain took him by the hand and went with him aside privately and asked him, what is that thou hast to tell me? Now notice he took him by the hand. That's why I think he's a younger fella. Uh, that's why I think he's young. You know, he took him by the hand. They went aside privately. Why did he do that? Because he didn't want anybody else to hear what he had to say. Now look at verses 20 through 22. And he, and he said, the Jews have, this is what the young man said, the Jews have agreed to desire thee that thou wouldst bring Paul down tomorrow into the council as though they would inquire somewhat of him more perfectly. In other words, they want to understand more about what he has to say. Verse 21, be not thou, but do not thou yield unto them for the lion wait for him of them more than 40 men, which have bound themselves with an oath that they will not eat nor drink till they have killed, killed him. And now are they ready, looking for a promise from thee? So the chief captain then let the young man depart and charged him, See thou tell no man that thou hast showed these things to me. So what happened? This, this commander listened to this boy, listened to this young man. And then after he heard all he said, he said, Now here's all I want you to know. I want you to go away. Don't tell anybody what you told me. Don't tell a soul. Look at verses 23 and 24 now. And he called unto him two centurions and saying, Make ready 200 soldiers to go to Caesarea and horsemen three score and 10, that's 70, and spearmen 200 at the third hour of the night. Now think about that. Think about that for a minute. This guy is putting together a protection detail for the Apostle Paul. Now, when I think of a protection detail, I think of two or three guys, you know, going to protect somebody or five or six, seven or eight. But did you catch how many are there? Did you catch that? Make ready 200 soldiers, that's 200, 70 horsemen, and 200 spearmen. Now, last time I checked, 200 and 200 is 470. 470 soldiers to protect the Apostle Paul. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that just amazing? Look at verse 24. And provide them beasts that they may set Paul on and bring him safe unto Felix the governor. Now, what's going on here? You have a large number of soldiers to protect Paul. Now, I've read this and went through this for a reason tonight. And here's the reason I went through it. Uh, there's three things I want to give you tonight. I, the, these are really not related. I, I've just got to tell you that. They're really not related. But there are three things I want to bring out that I believe will help you in the hour in which we live. And I thought about these things. And I really don't know where else to throw them into a message. And I want to share them with you. And, and I've thought about this passage for a couple of weeks now. And, and uh, I, I want to share three things with you tonight, if I can. Just three things. Number one, is this. Seek encouragement from the Word of God. Now, we live in a day where each of us needs to be encouraged. And, and let's be honest, we live in discouraging times. We live in times where people don't know what's going to happen next. There's a lot of uncertainty, and it is easy to get discouraged and depressed, is it not? It's easy. Now, we can find encouragement in several places. We can find encouragement in prayer, prayer. And uh, I believe in prayer. I was burdened with something this week. I got to be honest with you. I was burdened with something this week. You know what I did? I prayed about it. 
And I got to be honest with you, I probably prayed several hours about it, you know, just because I was burdened by something. Something was bothering me. By the way, can I tell you, I got an answer today. I got an answer today. So anyhow, but uh, I was burdened about it. Now, you know, it, you know, from what I heard, I got an answer, but um, you know, but uh, I was burdened and I, I spent some time in prayer over it. Uh, you know, another place people find help, uh, encouragement is with others. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. You and I need others that we need to talk that that we can talk to. And by the way, let me encourage you to find a spiritual mentor, somebody that's more spiritual than you are, or somebody, let me just say this, that is spiritually minded, you can talk to and share with. Somebody that is spiritually minded. Uh, let me be honest, you don't need somebody that's worldly minded or doesn't know the Bible, doesn't know the things of God. You need somebody spiritually minded to help you, let you see things from God's perspective. And find somebody spiritually minded that you can share with and talk to. But then can I also tell you tonight, get into the word of God. Get into the word of God. One of the things I said is, as is, is we're stuck at home, let's use this time to get more familiar with the Bible, the word of God. Let's spend this time to get closer to God through his word. Let's spend this time to learn more of his word. But if you want some encouragement, go to the word of God. Go to the pages of scripture. Think about how much encouragement is in the Bible. Think about that. There are encouraging verses all the way through here. I tell people all the time, you want encouragement, you want help, read through the book of Psalms. Man, the Psalms are like a roller coaster. You know, you see the psalmist goes up and down and up and down, and you find all kinds of encouraging things in there. I'll tell you what I did one or two years is I read the Psalms through. I was going through a hard time. You know what I did? I took a red ink pen, and I underlined everything that jumped out at me. Everything that jumped out at me that was an encouragement to my heart. And if you go to that Bible that I read through the Psalms in, you will find all kinds of underlines at times where it just seemed like the Lord used them to encourage my heart. But get into the Bible, the Word of God, and let the Word of God encourage your heart. St. Timothy chapter 1 and verse 7 says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't know about you, but that encourages me. What about Psalm 37, 4? Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. I love that verse. I love it. Psalm 121, 1 through 8. You can read that. He says, I will lift up my eyes under the hill. From whence cometh my help? What about Proverbs 30 and verse 5? Every word of God is pure. He is a shield. Think about that. A shield to them that put their trust in him. God's a shield. You know what a shield is? You use it for protection. The enemy wants to attack you. And God is our shield, he says. Psalm 28 and verse 7, the Lord is my strength and my shield. My heart trusted in him and I am helped, helped. Therefore, my heart greatly rejoiceth with my song. Will I praise him? Psalm 34, 4, I sought the Lord and he heard me. Oh, I love that. And delivered me from all my fears. What am I saying? Get into the word of God. You know, when you do, you'll find verses like this. You'll find verses like this you can hang your heart on. What about Philippians 4.13? I can do all things through Christ which strengthened me. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What about Psalm 55.22? Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. What about Jeremiah 29 and verse 11? For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you and expect it in. What about Romans 15 and verse 13? Now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Think about that. 
that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. Jeremiah 29, for I know the thoughts I think toward you, saith the Lord. What about John 16, 33? These things are I spoken to you, that in me, that in me you might have peace in the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. What am I saying? There are verses there that can encourage your hearts and bring and bring peace to your heart. Let the word of God encourage you. You know what I think is amazing here? In the book of Acts, verse 11, you know what it was that brought encouragement to the apostle Paul? It was a midnight pep talk. It was the Lord speaking to him. And let me explain. I know a lot of people today saying, well, God, would you just talk to me? Well, can I tell you something? Let me tell you how God speaks to people today. He speaks to people by the Holy Spirit through the word of God. Folks, get into the Bible. Read the Bible. Let the let God speak to you from the pages of the word of God. This is God's word. Find encouragement in the Bible. Encouragement in the Bible, the word of God. Let me give you a second thing to think about tonight. Second thing. So number one, seek encouragement from the word of God. Number two, follow the will of God. Follow the will of God. I like verse 11 again. Verse 11 just stands out to me. There in verse 11, 11, he said, In the night following, the Lord stood by him and said, Be of good cheer, Paul. For as thou hast testified to me in Jerusalem, so must thou bear witness also at Rome. Now think about that. Think about that. God's will for Paul was he was to go to Rome and be a witness. That was God's will for him, to go to Rome and be a witness. And let me tell you something. When you're in the will of God, and God has something for you to do. There is nothing that can stop it. Nothing that can stop it. One of the things I had to learn several years ago, somebody asked me to go somewhere and start a church. One of the things I was concerned about was, man, how am I going to take my family in there and start a church? That is a wicked place. And it wasn't the next day or so, there was something happened right across the street from the house we lived in that was very bad. You know what? The Lord taught me right there. I am safer in the will of God than I am anywhere else. And folks, no matter what God's will is for you and what God's will is for me, you and I need to follow it. Everybody needs to seek the will of God. You say, but brother Scott, I'm not a preacher. That doesn't matter. You need to seek the will of God. And you need to seek to know the will of God and seek to do the will of God because God has a will for you. And you and I need to do that. God's will, what did Jesus say in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 10 in the Lord's Prayer? Father, he said, let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know, like God's will be done on earth, which means if we are going to pray for God's will to be done on earth, that means we are also praying that God's will be done in our lives. God's will will be done in our lives. By the way, can I tell you what the first thing in the will of God is? It's for you to be saved. The Bible says in 2 Peter 3, 9, he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God's will is for you to know Christ as your Savior. My friend, do you know him as your Savior? God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to die for you on the cross of Calvary. Loved you so much that Jesus died so you could have life and not have to perish, not have to face God's judgment, not have to face that wrath, not have to be condemned to hell for eternity. My friend, God sent his son, and if you're willing to repent and by faith accept him, he will save you. He will save you. Jesus left us an example of doing the will of God. Even though it may be hard, in Matthew 26, he went and prayed, Father, not my will, but thine be done. Not my will, 
my will, thine be done. And that's the way you and I ought to pray. And by the way, when you and I do pray, I know sometimes we get selfish. Lord, give me this, give me that. But you know what? In our prayers, we also ought to be, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. First John 5, 14 and 15, if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he heareth us and that we have the petitions that we have desired of him. We know that. Seek the will of God. Seek the will of God, regardless of the cost. Paul faced suffering. Paul faced suffering. He is suffering now. People were trying to kill him. Roman soldiers had to protect him, had to rescue him. But you know what? He was still willing to do the will of God. Just a few pages back, a few people said, Paul, if you go to Jerusalem, you're going to suffer. He said, wait a minute. Why are you breaking my heart? And they finally had to relent and say, the will of the Lord be done. My friends, let's make, let's make it our goal that even in this time of interruption of our lives, that maybe we need to do a little bit of introspection, introspection rather. And maybe we need to ask ourselves, Lord, am I doing your will? Fa Father, am I doing what you want me to do? Father, am I following your path? Father, am I doing the things that you would have me do? I know I've had to do that. I know I've had to say, Lord, I've blown it some. I've had to say, Lord, you know, I need to do the right things and follow you and make sure I preach right and live right and do right. And, and I've been praying about some things while I'm here at home, you know, and I understand this. Maybe it's time for a little bit of introspection and say, Lord, I want your will in my life above everything else, regardless of the cost. Yes, it may include some suffering. It may include some heartache. But can I tell you, one of these days we'll be able to sing when we get to heaven, it will be worth it all when we see Jesus. Life's trials will seem so small when we see Christ. One glimpse of his dear face. All sorrow will erase, so greatly run the race till we see Christ. I know I just blew the song. My allergies acting up tonight, but I think you get the idea. One of these days, it's going to be worth it all. This life here will not have been lived in vain if we live it for Christ. Only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. People are biting and devouring each other and killing each other, trying to get the latest and greatest thing. Can I tell you something? The latest and greatest thing is going to be out of date in a few months. One of these days, everything we fight for and want is going to be gone. And only what's done for Christ will last. Only what's done for him. Many of you know, several years ago, I had a Mustang. I, and I like Mustangs. I'll be honest with you. I think they're cool looking. And, you know, but you know what I found? Mustangs don't last. I bought a Mustang. I had a 72 Mustang. It was red. It was beautiful. I thought, thought it was hot. And then I got it wrecked. Got it put back together. And I don't know if they put bad parts on it or what, but that thing rusted apart. You know what? Things of this life don't last. Only what's done for Christ. So seek the will of God. Above all things, seek the will of God. So number one, encourage yourself in the word. Number two, seek the will of God. And then number three, something I've been wanting to talk about recognize God's provision and protection. Recognize God's provision and protection. Uh, verse 16 stands out to me. Verse 16. 
says, and when Paul's sister's son heard of their lying in wait, he heard about the plot. He went and entered into the castle and told Paul. So Paul's sister's son, his nephew, heard, overheard the plot. So he goes into the castle and he tells the apostle Paul about it. Now, what do you think about this for a minute? You know what Paul could have done? He could have said, thank you, and sent the little boy on his way. He could have done that. He could have sent his nephew on his way. And he could have got down and said, thank you, go on your way. I'm blessed God. I'm going to trust God and pray about this thing. No, you know what he did? He sent his nephew to the commander to tell him. Now, a question comes up. Is that a, was that a lack of faith in the apostle Paul? Was that a lack of faith in Paul that instead of just sending the boy away and getting down and praying, or was Paul doing the right thing by sending him to the commander? You know, some people today, they are critical that some churches have decided not to have public services. I know some people have, uh, I know when I first decided this, I know, I don't know, but maybe some people question, well, Scott, do you know what you're doing? Are you sure you're doing the right thing? And, and uh, I believe we made the right decisions all the way. I believe that. And they're critical. No public service. What's the matter? Don't you have enough faith in God? Well, I, uh, I believe there's a difference between faith in God and foolishness. I believe that, and I'm not saying whoever has services, you know, everybody's got to go by their own conscience. Everybody's going to do that. But you know what? God gave us some common sense, and I believe we ought to use it. God gave us some smart doctors that said, okay, less than 50. So we put that out. And then they said less than 10. So we've put that out. And, you know, we see it all around us. And I know several people right now. I know some people personally who have caught this disease. And it's ravaged them. You know, personally. You know, folks, God gave us a brain. You know, I, I have a, you know, and, and uh, when I get, it's like the guy said, put on Facebook a while back. You know, when I get in the car, I put a seatbelt on. You know, um, I wash my hands to get the, 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 the germs off. Things like that, you know, and, and we can go on down the line about it. You know, I'm reminded of a story that somebody told several years ago, and I've learned it. I've heard it over and over again about a guy that was in a flood. And uh, he prayed, Lord, I'm going to trust you to rescue me in this flood. So finally, the flood waters got up where he had to get up on the roof of his house. When he got up on the roof of his house, a boat came by and they said, hey, jump on in. And he said, no, I'm trusting the Lord. He's going to rescue me. Finally, the, the water got up to where he's on the pinnacle of the house, the very crest or top of the house, whatever you want to call it. Another boat came by and they said, hey, come on, get in. He said, no, I'm, I'm, I'm trusting God to save me. Finally, the, the water got so high up, it got up onto the, he had to climb up on the chimney, sitting on the chimney. And our boat come by and they said, come on, get in, man. He said, no, I'm trusting God to, get, to protect me. Well, you know what the story is. If you've heard this, the flood came up and the man drowned. He got to heaven and he looked at God and he said, God, I was trusting you to save me. And God looked at him and said, give me a break. I sent three boats by. Think about it. Think about it. You know, in the passage, God used people to protect the apostle Paul. Think about that. God used people to protect him. He used a little boy, his nephew. He used a Roman commander several times. And he used possibly pagan Roman soldiers. 470 Roman soldiers escorting a preacher of the gospel for his safety from some ungodly people that wanted to kill him. 
Folks, can you recognize God's provision and protection there? Can you see how God watched over the Apostle Paul and protected him to get him to Rome where he could share the gospel with people? That was God's will for Paul, was it not, to go to Rome? And the way God got him there was under an official escort by Roman soldiers. Amazing, is it not? Folks, it's sad to say that sometimes we don't see when God watches out for us. We don't see God's hand of protection on us. Maybe we need to open our eyes a little bit and look and see how God takes care of us on a daily basis. Takes care of us. I think too many people today are looking for that bright light or that brick out of heaven to hit them on the head for them to see how God watches over them. You know, I see people today, they say, well, I make my own way. Well, who gave you the ability to do it? Who gave you the ability? Who gave you the brain you have? Who gave you all that? Folks, we need to recognize God's provision and protection. And I've got to close with this. You know what God's greatest provision was and protection? Was when he sent Jesus to die on the cross for us. When he provided a way to rescue us. That's what salvation means. You know what happened here? The Roman soldiers rescued Paul three times. Three times they rescued him. They went down and got him. And actually, one time they went down and carried him out. Think about it. They rescued him. And now what Jesus did when he saved us? That's what the word saved means. It was rescued. Rescued. Jesus rescued me when I needed it. He came to die on the cross for my sin. And thank God he saved me. And he watches over me today in spite of myself. Folks, can I also give you one other thing tonight? The greatest thing you and I can do for others is to tell them that news of how God has provided salvation for us. My friend, tonight, I want to be an encouragement to you. Three things. Find encouragement in the word of God, the Bible. Number two, seek the will of God. Follow the will of God. Find the will of God for you and serve him and commit yourself to serving him. And number three, recognize God's provision and protection in your life. And let's share the good news of Jesus Christ with everybody tonight. Amen? Amen. Well, God bless you. Father, we thank you for tonight. Bless our time for us in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll be right here Sunday morning.